I'm board-certified New York City plastic surgeon Dr. Darren Smith, and this is Plastic Surgery Before and After, your source for the real deal about plastic surgery procedures, news about trends in aesthetic medicine, and candid sessions with industry insiders. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Today we're going to be discussing some key considerations in planning for breast augmentation. There are really four big decisions to make when you are thinking about uh, this procedure. The first one is what kind of implant do you want? And there are two major choices here. The first one is silicone, and the second one is saline. Silicone has become really the very much more popular option at this point. It looks and feels more natural uh, than the saline option. There are some people, however, that feel comfortable knowing that if their implant ruptures, there is just salt water there. On the other hand, uh, the silicone implants have been shown to be incredibly safe, and the gel really does just stay put at this point if there is some kind of implant rupture. In fact, the term silent rupture comes up because if the implant does break, you would very likely not even know it. And it's for this reason that it's recommended that periodic MRI screenings are carried out after a silicone breast implant is placed. So for people that prioritize natural look and feel above all else, silicone is really the way to go. And um, for folks that would rather have the peace of mind of knowing that if their implant does rupture, they'll know right away, saline uh, may be the right decision. There's also another unique kind of implant available called the ideal implant, and that uh, seeks to marry the benefits of a silicone implant with the benefits of a saline implant. Specifically, the ideal implant is filled with saline, but it actually has concentric shells of silicone within it, and these are called baffles. And the idea is they prevent the saline within the implant from sloshing around, and this is uh, intended to make the implant behave more like a silicone implant would. But again, with the state of technology as it is today in 2020, those looking to prioritize look and feel uh, would be best served with a silicone implant, and really the data is overwhelmingly in favor of this being a very safe choice at this point. The next consideration when thinking about planning for a breast augmentation is how is that implant getting put into the breast? Meaning where is the incision going to be made and it follows that that is where the scar will be from the breast augmentation. So the most popular option here is what's called the inframammary approach. That is a small incision, usually three to four centimeters in the fold under the breast, and this provides very nice direct access to the plane in which the implant will be placed, and it's fairly straightforward and yields a very nice result. Other options include the periareolar approach, which is a small incision going around the lower border of the areola. And this also allows direct access uh, to the breast. However, you have to dissect through breast tissue to get to the plane of implant insertion. And the downside here is that there is a greater chance of interfering with the potential for breastfeeding and also a greater chance for infection. And it follows from this that there might be a greater chance of having capsular contracture. 
and that's something that we'll discuss a little later on in the uh, episode. Uh, finally, um, you can also put the implant in through a transaxillary approach, and that transaxillary refers to a small incision being made under the armpit, and that way there is no scar on the breast at all. Uh, however, this approach has similar disadvantages to the periareolar approach in that there is a greater chance of infection and likely capsular contracture uh, with this approach as well. So taking all of these things into account, the inframammary approach remains the most popular approach uh, in most practices, and that's certainly the case in my practice. So um, the next issue that you'll want to address is where is the implant going? And the answer obviously is in the breast. But more specifically, is it going to go above the muscle or under the muscle? And in this context, the muscle is the pectoralis major. That's the major muscle of the chest. Um, the advantage to putting the implant under the muscle is primarily that it leads to a more natural look and feel, and that's simply because there's more stuff between the implant and the outside world that way. You have muscle, you have breast tissue, and skin. Whereas alternatively, if you put the implant over the muscle in what's called the subglandular plane, that means it's under the gland of the breast, the only thing between the implant and the outside world is really breast tissue and skin. Uh, the only real reason to put an implant in this position is in someone who's extremely athletic on the order of a professional beach volleyball player or something of that order, um, you might have a more significant animation deformity, which means when that muscle uh, fires, if there is a implant under it, the implant can be deformed by the contracting muscle, and that could uh, look odd. So for someone who's extremely muscular, um, you might want to be putting the implant over the muscle, but otherwise uh, the implant is going under the muscle in the vast majority of cases. And the last consideration with breast augmentation is uh, the size of implant that you're interested in having. Um, and that is an extremely personal decision, and that takes into account your uh, aesthetic ideals as well as your body type and body shape. And something that we find very helpful in our practice is advanced 3D imaging, where we take a 3D scan of our patient, and then we simulate different implant sizes so that uh, the patient can see themselves with different implant sizes and get a sense for what they might be most comfortable with. Um, we'd also like to just address one of the terms that I mentioned earlier, which is capsular contracture. And that is a complication that is possible with breast augmentation where essentially when you put any kind of an implant in the body, a scar forms around it to wall it off from the body. That's how the body knows that that uh, implant or that device is not part of itself, but it is uh, remaining in place um, in the body at that location. And that's normal. Every time you put a breast implant in, you're going to get a scar around it. And we refer to that scar as a capsule. However, what's not normal is that in a very small percentage of cases, that capsule can contract or get smaller. And if you imagine that round or spherical scar getting smaller and contracting around a breast implant, which has a fixed volume, that can cause pain, it can cause a change in implant shape, or it can actually cause a change in implant position as well. 
So that is something that um, you should be aware of as a possibility when getting a breast augmentation, although a very unlikely possibility. And it could mean that the implant has to be removed. So summing up, breast augmentation remains one of the most popular procedures that uh, is performed across the country and the world in aesthetic plastic surgery. And it's certainly one of the most popular procedures in our practice. And it's something that is extremely gratifying for the patient. And hopefully this overview will help you in your decision-making process as you consider the kind of breast enhancement that you're looking for. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe, share the show, and head over to darrensmithmd.com for more real-world plastic surgery talk.